As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh. Sorry, Pete. Would you mind early. not coughing all over the front of the show, please? Thank Let you very me much. clear my throat. Remember that one? Get your dick out your throat and go vote. Peter. What? You it's... shout that all the time. How dare you? The voting's How finished. How dare you criticise me? The voting's never The voting's never finished. Closed. Always vote. There's always something to vote on, to be fair. <laughs> um, that Take that dick out your throat and go vote. Mm. Apologies for the rather crude start to episode 174 of the Luke and Peter show. It's <laughs> from um, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. I see. Seminal hip-hop albums, uh, Doggy Style. He's talking about, you know, suffrage, universal suffrage. He wants people to get involved. Um, mm. Yesterday, I mixed a bit of uh, hip-hop with... Um, Is this worse than when you told Doc Brown you love um, Wu-Tang yeah, Crew? Wu-Tang Crew, yeah. <laughs> I just, I'll happily admit I, I'm not into hip-hop. I don't pretend like you. Yeah, um, you didn't happily admit it. You were walking down the street with me as well, saying, yeah, yeah, I love Wu-Tang Crew. I did not say I loved Wu-Tang Crew. I mentioned their name. I said, I think I was talking about the MTV Cribs, where they all pretended that they lived in one big house. Right. Which I thought was very charming. I said, yeah. I think they live in all, the old Wu-Tang Crew. Yeah. And he went, and he went, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. And they, yeah. and they... And they revolutionised hip hop, hip hop, Pete. I went, eh. yeah, whatever. What are you gonna do? Uh, by um, the way, there's, there's a lovely d- clip of um, uh, cameraman Sam swearing in uh, in the villa a few weeks ago uh, that I added to um, Farrow Munch's uh, Simon Says. Fuck you, you fucking. <laughs> Brilliant. Because he's really upset about his uh, his dolly for his uh, camera so, making the camera go in the wrong direction. So the story about that is, and I think we should fill people in first. Of all, bum, 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 bum. Should, it's a great tune. We should we bum, should bum, say bum, bum, bum. Peter. We yes. should also say welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's nice to have everyone listening. Um, and when we were away, we talked about it before a week or so ago. Bum, 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 bum. We wanted to make a video. Which by the time this show comes out, you may or may not yes. have seen, but you can go and check it out. Yes. Um, Sam, who is a tremendously hardworking, um, very creative um, Welshman, visual Welshman, a visual, um, Welshman. visual Welshman. He um, <laughs> he wanted to make a video where we did a talk, a preview of the Champions League final. This was the football ramble. But the the <clears> kicker <throat> is, it's all done in one shot mm. around this villa we stayed in. Mm. So he's he's got a camera. Is it called a gimbal? Which, yeah, is like, gimbal, which, dolly, which, is, which is like a small steady cam. Mm. And he's I mean it was all choreographed and we'd go in different places mm. and take different routes and he would follow us all the way around. And um we got very it took us a, a quite a few takes to get it done. It should do. Those things do take yeah. long. You, you think that the um pool based um video to um uh what's that f- uh, what's that video for? I got five on it. Loonies. Loonies. Um 
they're, they're all around the pool, and I thought this is a bit like this is a bit like that Luna's video. You're going too early, but it's okay. It's a great, uh, it's a great tune. It's a great tune, <laughs> and you like it because at one point it goes, "Cause you know I got asthma." Mm. The, the, in the video, um, you'll notice I've spoken about this. Oh no doubt, as I caveat every story I have, um, they're playing um, chess around the pool, and it doesn't look like I, anybody on set knows how to play fucking chess. No, all the pieces are in the wrong place, that can and, it, and and the game has just started. Very weird. That can happen. And mm. um, yeah, to finish the story, and then we we got very close to finishing it, doing it, getting it done. We got to the penultimate line, mm. um, and the wind blew his camera. Yeah, and he just screamed in my face. Actually, fucking. Whatever it was. Fuck you, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Ah, the uh, presenter of Set Meals, an excellent podcast. Also available. And you, also but actually, available. do you know what? That's reminded me. Uh-oh. People should listen to Set Meals, but it's a great show. It and, is. I'm, and, I, and we can say that because I, I, I think I'm right in saying you've also got nothing to do with it. I've had nothing to do with it. No. Uh, I think it, I might be appearing on it in a few weeks' time but um, in Japan. But oh, of course, yeah. All so, good. From conception through to execution, sounds like all himself. To do with us, yeah. It sounds nothing like any other <laughs> not not only any other food podcast, but nothing like any other podcast I've heard. Um, it's all like uh, atmospheric stuff. A lot of it's done on location. Mm. A lot of it's done through voice notes. It's kind of smashing apart the idea that to make a good podcast, you have to be in a beautiful studio with great mics. Now that of course helps, but when you're creative around the format. You can really get away with it. And he and his mate Taylor communicate with each other with voice notes. They go and eat dinner together. They mm. experience different restaurants. They go, I mean, one of the episodes they went and spent a day in the kitchen at KFC. It's just a food podcast like no other. It's called Set Meals. It's part of the Radio Stakhanov um, uh, umbrella. You should go and check it out now. There's a, there's um, a moment in uh, one of the episodes where Sam has um, set up a little meal in a beautiful place uh, with him, his co-partner's co-presenting partner um, and their respective um, lovers and uh, they're in a restaurant lovers, lovers. are they illicit lovers they're, they're, or confirmed public lovers god knows they could be doing the table for all I know kids these days no, there kids is no Pete. audio um, from the actual night because um, wine had been partaken and Sam's trying to record you know the, the him chatting to the waiter about the, the, the meals that they're about to enjoy and stuff because obviously it's it's quite foodie um, and all you can hear is 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 this co is his co-presenter uh, just going rah, 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 just talking over the top of it really loudly <laughs> and it reminded me of eating with you what are you talking about blah, 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 blah. get the fuck up we never have dinner together rub on your titties that's one of the lyrics from the song <laughs> Fair on Much Simon Says we never have dinner together oh. Oi, on this um, on this um, food <laughs> note I had a fascinating interview a fascinating interview <laughs> mother but just fascinating um I think it was it was either on Radio Four or on Five Live, no, and it was that. about I don't know his name. You may know who he is. I don't. I can, didn't catch his name. He is it the live streamer Ninja? No, who's that? No. <laughs> She's only the most famous Fortnite player in the world, Luke. Come on, no, get with it. I've never played Fortnite, and I've never heard of him. <sighs> All right. Um, what was I saying? Like a oh, yeah, really so angry manager. This this interview um, was with a guy who was one of the most um, strident championing vegans in the country. Okay. And he won, I think he might have even won a couple of UK Ninja Warrior series. Okay. So, and, and he was very much a kind of ambassador for a vegan lifestyle. Yes. Okay. And he was, he would be saying stuff like, 
you know, and I've done this because I'm a vegan and that's vegan power and all this kind of mm. stuff. And you don't need to eat meat and you can, no cruelty to animals, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The interview on the radio I heard was because he completely snuffing a sausage, completely eschewed his vegan lifestyle. Right. He, he came out on the radio and he said, to be honest, I've been feeling like shit. Mm. Uh, I've been attributing it to lots of different bits and pieces, but I think it's because I'm not getting enough protein. I'm not mm. doing this. I'm not doing that. And I, I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but essentially he was saying, you know, I now think that we should be omnivorous with our diets and that I now eat very well looked after, you know, free range kind of meat and, mm. and I make sure that stuff's ethical as possible, blah, blah, blah. And he is getting absolute pelters. And the interview was should really... He, should he be though? I don't know. I'm, Bearing in mind he made his say, money and his voice um, doing a certain thing and then he's like, ha ha, it was all a trick. But he's not saying that. He's saying no. that, honestly, he's, as far as I can make out, he's rather honestly saying, do you know what? This isn't working for me anymore, so I'm mm. now deciding to go on a different route. Yeah. He, he, I think he had like a million followers on YouTube or something, mm. like subscribers, so he was a big deal. Is he still doing YouTube, though? Is he still and, kind of... And after that... I, I, well, on, he, his, on his channel with a latent million subscribers or whatever. They played an audio clip of him mm. of him doing a video saying, this is now what I'm up to, mm. um, and this is why. Yeah. And I think people were upset. I mean, uh, you would be, wouldn't Yeah, you? But, but he... Then they started getting into this real... Ma- and, and it turned out, to me anyway, it's my personal opinion, that he seemed like a complete weirdo because he he was talking about, oh yeah, and it's like when I did that 28-day water-only starvation diet, you know, mm. and that made me feel really good. And, it's like, and, and the woman presenting was going, what are you talking about? <laughs> How is that healthy for you? You know, yeah. what? No, that's no, there's no accepted do, science seen, that says that's healthy. I've seen people doing uh, water fast and stuff on, on YouTube. Uh, and they do lose a lot of weight. Uh, and friends, presumably, because your breath will fucking stink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think... Do you want to do anything? Not really, I've got no energy. No, I've got no... <laughs> yeah. There, there was also a guy... It's, it's the sort of thing you can do if you don't have a job. Yeah. I always sort of think about these kind of like, the you know, I, and obviously like fasting, uh, people, obviously people do it every, every, every year for like Ramadan and stuff like that. Uh, and obviously, but people get to eat every day. So it's not, um, so it's not a complete um, fast. But... Um, the situation is that uh, you know the, the, these people who sort of do these stupid YouTube things for money um, are just—it's the sort of thing you can only do if you don't have a bloody job. Mm. Yeah, quite. That's, that's, that's part of it. I mean, there's also um, that that guy, that woman who—this um, is a while ago now—who um, decided that she was going to go on a spiritual journey and gave up food and water and tried to exist on nothing but sunlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, she died. So okay, obviously, right. too much sunlight. Yeah, she got sunburnt, sunburnt to death. Um, <laughs> but it's like there was that. There, there's been a couple of um, I'm going to say like in, spiritual Indian, what they call babas. They call them babas, right? They 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 adhere to a kind of spirituality, a kind of religion out in India. Carl Pilkington, weirdly enough, did something on it when he went and did an idiot abroad, mm. and they say stuff like. Um, Oh, you know, and what? And, and it's kind of that discipline thing. Like one of them would have this hand up in the air for like 40 years mm. just because it's, it's all to do with meditation and stuff. Right. And they will say stuff like, oh, you know, all I live on really is, um, you know, the spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, water and sunlight. And it's like, you're fucking lying. It's a lie. <laughs> like physically, that is impossible. Mm. You are lying to people mm. and you are also saying things that are very dangerous and people will die because of it. It's like the bloke and that is fucking terrible. It's like the bloke um, um, who was so um, spiritually connected to his own body, uh, he decided he could climb like mountains and stuff without any protection. Like, uh, you know. Dead? Uh, uh, I, d- I don't know. It's just all bullshit, isn't it? People just film so much, so much nonsense for yeah. for hits and clicks. Yeah, exactly. If only we were more business-minded, Luke. And, and the thing, you said something last on the show before last about... I say a lot of stuff, yeah? Yeah. And you are a renegade. You're a renegade broadcaster, care, mate. mate. Exactly. You'll do whatever it takes to uh, to pass the time. <laughs> but you were talking about how, like, 
Oh, you should have been skinny when you're younger because you hardly ate any carbs. But it ain't about that. It's about calories. It's about, about calories that. in and calories out. And that's mm. all, it, all it comes down to at the end yeah. of the day. If, you, if, if I'm overweight, which I am a bit, I know fucking why I'm overweight. Mm. It's like the old Ricky Gervais thing when people will come to you and go, oh, I can't believe I'm so fat. Um, you know, I've hardly eaten a thing. You have. You fucking mm. must have mm. because that's the only way it works. Mm. The calories in, they're higher than the calories out. You're going to put on weight. And also, um, uh, it's just beer for me. It's just beer. I like beer. How much do you like it? Uh, have you got one like it? <laughs> oh, I'll suck you off. What? Peter. What? I was saying, you said, I've, how much do you like it? And then Does I said, come out my penis? <laughs> it's not a draft tap. <laughs> what, um, are you still a big Stella man? Yeah, I love Stella. Tisky. Tisky, Stella. All the big hitters. It's depressing to hear you say it. <laughs> Why? It's, it's nice just fizzy. It's just fizzy. Ah, fizzy. Do you not find it a bit chemically? Nah, fuck it. Afraid you might taste Every, something, Lager Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I, well, I mean, with speaking of uh, um, presenter Sam, producer and presenter presenter Sam, he uh, obviously went on a big one against Brewdog recently. So uh, I, I, I've got a few mates like that. I'll join in. I'll join in on that. Um, did you see that Richard Ashcroft has been given his royalties for a bit of Sweet Symphony? Yeah, I've got to interview him at Isle of Wight Festival. Oh, you don't like him either, do you? Well, no, I just had a, a fairly rough ride when he was uh, very excitable about some certain topics. When I, I, I just... tried to give him a. Give him an interview earlier on in the year. I'll fill people in very quickly. Um, Bittersweet Symphony, big, the, the first biggest hit. They didn't sign off the sample, which is attributed to Jagger and Richards. So mm. as a result, as a part of a, a court case, I think, the Verve and Richard Ashcroft never received any royalties at all. Mm. And they've come to some sort of arrangement now where Jagger and Richards have signed off and now they can have royalties. I don't know if they've been backdated but they can have them, mm. which is kind of a big deal for... It won't be backdated, surely not. No. Uh, didn't, didn't they blame it on an old manager or something who decided that um, that was the way they had to go? Mm. Um, and now that manager, I think, passed away, so they've decided that... I mean, it's all very good doing it now, but... Uh... I'm, 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 for one, I'm, I'm, I'm entirely convinced that the, the increased income for Richard Ashcroft will only make him more obnoxious. <laughs> what was it like when you interviewed him last time? You said he was doing a bit of the old this, that, and the other, wasn't he? Uh, I did not say that. I definitely didn't say that, but I did say that he was very um, animated about certain... Um, uh, he was just very angry about um, Lily Allen and people like that. Why? And I tried... Uh, because Lily Allen sort of slagged him off saying that um, uh, older white men uh, get on in the music industry more than uh, young uh, black uh, men and women, and which is obviously fucking true. Um, but uh, she was... And, and I tried to sort of play a devil's advocate or, in fact, just an advocate for the fucking truth. Uh, and he came back at me uh, in a rather spicy manner. Seriously, who do you think you are? You're nobody well, compared I know. to him. He's got a lovely voice. It, do you know that. what? I'm not a huge fan. Um, partly behaviour based, partly music based, <laughs> but I think he's okay. Um, I saw Coldplay mm. at the, I'm going to say Earl's Court actually, I think it was. My girlfriend at the time was working at EMI. She got us tickets, went mm. along, and Richard Ashcroft supported. I have never heard a better voice than that. Mm. He went out there, Earl's Court, oh, on his really? own with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I was sat there thinking, because you know Chris Martin's not got the strongest voice. No. I was thinking, this is a big gamble. I know he's your <laughs> mate, but bloody hell. You give, give yourself a good 40 minutes before you come on after this. His <laughs> voice is incredibly good. Yeah, well, he, um, well, you said, you know, I said that um, he'd done this and that. He hadn't done this and that, but, um, uh, and I think you're conflating the story where he got, uh, he was on Soccer M. Oh, Remember that's right. A bag fell out, bag fell out of his pocket. Fell out of pocket right. and, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, and his uh, his management um, took a good week to sort of explain. It was the buttons, you know, a little packet of buttons you get in, in a trowel these days. Spare trouser spare buttons. Spare trouser buttons. Obviously. Obviously. Um, so, yeah. Said Ted Baker on the side. Of <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, Pete. Let's um, now we've slagged off a few people and mm. and all that kind of stuff. Let's Set take some scars. <laughs> yeah, the airing of grievances is over <laughs> for now. Mm. Let's take a little ad break and then we'll come back. I've got some good emails today, actually. Seriously, where the fuck is that? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Manifest. Julian Assange there. Um, good stuff. Uh, mm. We haven't revisited this topic we've been talking about in recent weeks of kids' games. Okay. I've got a couple here. Mm. Um, one is from Sweden. Uh, we obviously we had a Norwegian last time around. We've got a Swedish one now. Got to keep the Scandinavian guys equal. Mm. Otherwise, they get a little bit... Oh, actually, they're not that rivalry sort of focused, are they? Because when we went to Norway to do a live ramble show, mm. we had a few jokes lined up about Zlatan. Yeah. And they were, and the Norwegians were actually very proud of Zlatan, weren't yeah. they? They kind of... Weird, they loved him. <laughs> which you'd expect... I mean, if, if the biggest... If the best player in the world was English... And you went up to Scotland and mm. did a few jokes taking the piss out of them. The Scots would love that, wouldn't they? They would, but yeah. Uh, I, I sort of, yeah, I guess we are kind of like, I was sort of saying, would we be proud of like, you know, Mbappe or something? But I was thinking, well, obviously we wouldn't, but we're a disgusting island nation, aren't we? Um, but then, yeah, you're probably the north-south sort of thing, probably. And they're like Portugal mm. and Spain are rivals and stuff. Mm. And so anyway, I thought it would play. It didn't play. Anders B's been in touch from Sweden. I was trying to even it up with Sweden and Norway. I've now realised I don't have to do that. Mm. Um, but he says, Hi Luke and Pete, I'm writing to you regarding the game Block that Pete used to play Block. as a kid. What was Block again? I can't remember. Um, it was like Tig, but there was a bass involved. Right, that's right. He says, When I grew up in the 80s in Sweden, we used to play the same game, but we didn't call it Block. We used to call it Bollen i Birken. Which, trans- which translates to ball in the tin or ball in the jar. Ah. When we played this game, one person would stand by a football counting. And the rest would hide. When a person was found, you had to run back and touch or kick the football and shout out the name of the person who was found and he or she was out of the game. Since most of us played football also for the local youth team, it was a good opportunity to practice slide tackling, trying to get to the ball first Mm. with some minor injuries as a result. I don't think Mike Dean would have been impressed. Um, But if Pete wants to play block and is in Sweden, just to ask anyone if they want to play Bolony Birken. Most people in their 40s would know what it is. I mean, don't go around to kids in Sweden and ask them if they want to play a game. No, play Molly Merkin. Dressed as the character from Saw. Do you want to play a game <laughs> on a little tricycle? Mask on. Do you want to play Bolony Birkin? <laughs> yeah. It was Bolony in the Birkin. I'm on one of those um, trikes like the kid in The Shining. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but, no, but the guy at um, Saw also had one of those little trikes, didn't he? But it's easy to it's under- part of his aesthetics. It's easy to understand how like games would get around the in England because people would go on holiday or their you know mm. their their older brothers and sisters or whatever. But isn't it kind of interesting that in Sweden, which is a long way away and separated by a large expanse of water, mm. 
but it's still kind of the same thing happens. Maybe that's where it all started, like most things did. What in Sweden? Yeah. You got um, another game because I've got another game as well. <laughs> I've got one here. We haven't talked about Kirby. Kirby, yeah. The all time classic. Yeah. All time classic game. Two people standing on opposing sides of a road um, trying to throw uh, a ball onto the opposing person's curb. Yeah, Paul Arnold's been in touch saying um, your chat about childhood games. Um, I grew up along the coast from Luke in Dorset, uh, in, in Bournemouth, near Bournemouth. And um, we would call Knocked or Run and Block 123. But I'm interested to know if you play Kirby. Two kids on pavements, either side of a road and a football. You threw the ball at the opposite curb. If it bounces back without hitting the floor and it's caught, it was two points. If it hits and rolls back over the halfway point, just one point, and it's the first to ten. What was it called in your area? Um, cheers, Paul Arnold. It was called Kirby, Kirby where we played. Kirby. And, it was, and it was unique because it was the only game I can think of which would use a football, but you didn't kick the football. Mm. Yeah. Kirby, because you, would you would you overarm throw it? I can't, can't remember how you would actually dispense the ball. Was it like a? I think technique was, was open to you. I think you did what right, you wanted. Okay. I don't remember the catching uh, mechanic. Yeah, this, for, if you threw it over your over your head mm. and it hit the curb and come back, you had a much better chance of getting it again, which is the next. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't remember the cur- the catching bit of Kirby. To be honest, I thought it was just you just hit it and you got the Kirby. And if you hit it, you uh, uh, I think you'd be able to get closer. I think you'd be able to get closer by a couple of couple of. Um, Feet. Oh, okay. So you could go and in you closer, could, and you could uh, which would make it easier. easier. Yeah, exactly. Did you used to play it a lot up in Hartlepool? Yeah, I used to love a bit of Kirby. That and Wally. Do you remember Wally? Yeah, Wally's a yeah, classic. Classic. So Wally would be where you would you would essentially nominate a wall, mm. and you would all however many people of you you take it in turns to kick the ball against a wall. But the kicker was um, that um, wherever the ball ended up from the person before you, you had to kick it from. Yeah. So the tactic would be you try and play it at a real angle, yeah. and if you missed it, you're out, and the last person standing on. would win. Mm. Yeah, I like that. We should, great. we should have a little game of that. That's good. If we can find a wall uh, that and a will ball. Take, that will take us. A and, some, and some friends. Some friends. Uh, Mark, hello, Mark. Um, hi, guys. I thought I'd offer up this uh, tale regarding celebrity toilet sightings. Several years ago, filmmaking egomaniac uh, Quentin Tarantino was attending a screening, followed by a directed Q&A for his latest movie at Fact Liverpool, our local artsy cinema. A mate of mine was a massive fan and managed to get tickets. He had a lovely evening, uh, and afterwards he went to the Crazy House, uh, which I've actually attended. You, it won't surprise you to learn. Uh, Liverpool's premier rock and metal nightclub. He was having a great uh, great time uh, drinking cans of red stripe and peeling his shoes from the floor with every step, and then he <laughs> popped along to the toilet. There he was, dutifully stood at the urinal, enjoying a tinkle, when in walked Quentin Tarantino himself. Wow. Stood just a few wa- a wa- few feet away. He's quite a big man as well. Uh, he, my friend. Yeah, he is, yeah, and, and began to use the facilities. My mate, uh, my mate uh, panicked. Uh, obviously, uh, Tarantino has an eclectic musical taste, um, but uh, the mate hadn't believed that he would actually be there. He uh, was desperate to turn and say hello, but decided the uh, best time to do so was probably not when we were both at urinal with their respective Django's unchained. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's his whole route just he to make that show. Yeah, exactly. It's very good. He finished his business, walked to the sink, and decided he'd spend ages washing his hands. Uh, when QT finished draining the lizard, uh, he would have to come over to wash his hands, and much more appropriate. And a much more appropriate scene would be set for my mate to tell him how much he loved his work. After spending what his, uh, what felt like an eternity washing his hands in a tiny sink, uh, the type you have to uh, hit every sec- every two seconds to work, uh, keep the water flowing, he turned around to see Tarantino walking straight out of the bathroom without washing his hands. Uh. The dirty and glorious bastard. Yeah, he dis- says. Dis- dis- disappointed. Have you ever interviewed Quentin Tarantino? I haven't, no. I, I like the fact that he um, likes an Indian night, um, which makes me worry that I'm a little bit like Quentin Tarantino. Not a good looking man, uh, has a foot fetish. And also problematic views on um, certain other things as well. Okay. Little bit of trivia for you. Mm-hmm. Ian Wright hates Quentin Tarantino. Where's that come from? 
I was in a green room there, right, a while back, mm. a year or so ago, and the, the sub- subject came up. He hates the movies or the person? He hates him. All right. I'm not having him. I'm not having this, him. This, that, and the other. I'm not having him. <laughs> hates him. Hates him. Wow. I think probably because I'm, I'm reading between the lines and I don't want to put words in Wrighty's mouth. He's a lovely chap, as, mm. as you and I both know. I think it's because he is liberal with the use of the N-word in some of his films. Right. And I don't think Wrighty thinks that that should be done by a mm. white director mm. and writer. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, the director gives you a bit of um, airspace, gives you a bit of plausible deniability when you're putting the words in somebody else's mouth. He's a um, he's a really sort of problematic character as he gets older, isn't he, Tarantino? But what's what's he been saying? I've I've kind of missed well, possibly he, a bit of it. Well, there's two things. One is that um, he had a real bad press interview with someone. I think it might be Christian Guru Murthy. Yeah, but apparently that was that was all just a bit of a, a work. He he um, found it. Um, I can't remember who he's talking to. But um, yeah, he came out and he was like really thankful for the interview, and he, he, he it was basically a bit of a setup. Really? Um, yeah, and he he was massively in on it. He was. Um, it was about Django Unchained. It was about the racism right, okay. within it and, okay. and and the problematic situation. Of, I mean, it wasn't even it. that interview, but yeah, I, I keep saying problematic right. anyway. But the other thing, the other one that is um, recently was um, the Margot Robbie thing. Uh, did did he sort of sh- shut down the interview? Once upon a time in Hollywood yeah. is, is the movie, and and one of the guys in the in the press pack asked him. Or asked her, I mm. think, if she had an issue with having so few lines. Mm. I, I guess implying that he favoured male actors over female actors, which, yeah. which I personally think is bullshit. Because I mean, look at Kill Bill and all that kind of stuff. He mm. he has written some pretty strong female characters over the years. Did you do Jackie Brown? Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah, and so and he and he exploded at that as well. Yeah. So I just think he's getting a bit more cantankerous as he gets older, perhaps. Don't we all? Don't yeah. we all? But listen, there's no excuse not washing your hands after you've been for a Jimmy Riddle. And if you're into um, foot fetishes, maybe don't put so much um, foot fetish shit in your films because it's a bit weird. What's wrong? Why is it weird? What? Why is it weird? It's just a bit... Um, uh, it's exploit. It's exploitation. I, you've got a scene where um, one of the most beautiful women in the world in Dust Till Dawn is pouring beer down her leg and her foot is in your mouth. If you're going to do that, do it off... Get someone else and do it off... Screen. We don't need to watch that. It's we actually, don't need to watch yeah. a man get his get his jollies. It's actually tequila. <laughs> Is it tequila? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. point. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, what about this from Billy? Um, who and Pete? Do you remember mm-hmm. we talked about um, pubs in the Muswell Hill area in North <laughs> London? Right. Okay. I'm fully accepting that you may not remember, and that's yeah. perfectly acceptable. Uh, but Billy says, "Hello, Luke and Pete. Listening to your fine show on the way to work." The other week, and I was happy to hear where I grew up and still live mentioned Muswell Hill. The Weatherspoons in Muswell Hill is called the Mossy Well and is very impressive, but it didn't used to be a church. In fact, it was a former dairy. It is massive and very impressive with huge glass ceiling. That means there is actually natural light. So in many ways, it doesn't feel like a Weatherspoons until you see the prices and the clientele. Um, there was a pub that used to be a church in Muswell Hill. This is the one I was thinking of, mm. but it, it was an O'Neill's. But it was not much to write home about. And then the Weatherspoons opened a few years ago, started serving cheaper and a wider variety of beer. And O'Neill's is now a Miller and Carter steak place. Now, if that steak place, it serves good food, which I can't vouch for whether it does or not, that would be a great place to go for dinner because it's a beautiful building. Um, Billy finishes by saying, I'm currently boycotting Weatherspoons, but if either of you, are, if either of you sorry, are ever around Muswell Hill, I'd break that boycott. Uh, and go for a beer with you to show you the nicest spoons I've ever been in. Okay, so we're just reviewing spoons. Now. <laughs> Do you remember I got very sick after being in the Witherspoons? Uh, no, I don't Christmas know. of last year. You don't no. listen to anything I say. Christmas of no, last I year, don't. I had three pints in the Witherspoons, and I was right. sick as a dog. Right. 
And apparently, some everyone got back in touch saying, "Yeah, don't have the draft beer in Witherspoon. Just have bottled beer because oh. the draft beer is, is difficult." Well, it was actually tequila. So, um, <laughs> hello, to Sammy DeBull. Very good. Sammy DeBull on the email. If you want to get to the show, just a reminder: it's hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. Oi, mates! We are your mates. Thank you, Sammy DeBull. Uh, two things to bring up. Um, first, check out uh, the mentioned Billy Next Door on YouTube to perfectly describe the utter crap we go through in the USA. Uh, I don't know what that's in reference to. I probably should have Googled that. But second point is to tell you uh, the horror a goose will do to a child's testicular area. What? Um, as a toddler, we had geese, and my job was to collect eggs in the chicken coop. Growing up in New Mexico, USA, the hippies, we wore no clothes as children. Huh. Um, at the age of three, I was a bit, I was bit on the uh, little, uh, on the little man slash balls by an angry male goose and suffered swelling. <laughs> little, little winky, little winky. That's weird, isn't it? Um, have my, you seen that video on Twitter of those ducks eating those peas? Uh, yes, I have. That's yeah. So good. Uh, my mum, being a tough woman. Uh, gave me a stick, gave me stick, and uh, had me. Uh, sorry, my mum, being a tough woman, gave me a stick and had me hit the damn bird the size of me every time I got eggs. Still without pants. Uh, needless to say, I am okay and have a child. Shout out to my son, uh, giant swollen headed Simon. <laughs> That's something I added in. His name is Orion, actually. So well done uh, to uh, Sammy Dubull and his child Orion, who's normal this is after, um, after, a, after a little bitey nibble nibble it's a very by, uh, good email isn't yeah. it I mean I don't Got think I, in there. I don't think I'll be very happy about my kid you know completely billy bollocks going to collect eggs after he's already bit on, been bitten <laughs> once on the winky on the little soldier by an errant goose an errant a naughty goose what goose can be quite big goose. as well I, I, I feel like um, I don't know if, you're, if I'm walking down a, a, a beautiful um, path in a park Right. Perhaps next to a body of water. Yeah. And there's more than a handful of Canada, Egyptian, bar-headed, or grey geese. Mm. I ain't doing anything. I'm a bit intimidated by that because <laughs> they're big. They're unpredictable. And you're outnumbered. They are unpredictable. It's why I didn't use like dogs when I was little because they're just unpredictable and they just sort of jump around. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. But now I find that whole behaviour charming. Um, I, I know I keep mentioning my niece, but she is wicked, so I will just do it once more mm. again. She loves dogs, but she doesn't like their faces. It's not their faces. No, because I think she's scared of what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll go round the side and pet them on the back <laughs> and then run away. She, if they turn round, she's out of there. If you're petting and you run away, you're just asking for a chase, aren't you, really, from a yeah. dog? And she also doesn't understand that the two cats I've got will not entertain her going anywhere near them while her movements are so jerky and she's so loud. <laughs> so she tries to whisper. Oi, come over here, yeah. you. She's like, ow, ow. Stop, 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 stop. And they're gone. They're uh, gone. They're so, out there. But I think geese can be quite intimidating. More intimidating than swans, I would say. People talk about swans a lot, mm. but I've never really had a problem no, with swans. swans are quite uh, calm, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. Don't get between a swan and its signets, though. <laughs> no, never do that. <laughs> anyway, Pete, off. that's enough for this, this time around, isn't it? Yeah. Should we get out of here? Let's get out of this foul jamboree, as you usually call it. Mm. Mm. It's um, been a pleasure. That's been episode 174. We're now in June. Can you believe it? Where's the year going? Shit. Uh, we'll be back soon, um, and we'll look forward to that. See you later, babies. Until next time, stay safe, look after yourselves and each other. Hello at lookingpeachshow.com if you want to get to the show. Bye-bye! Oh, God. This was a Radio Staccano production.